one to Real Life, Real Equity with your host Justin and the lovely Keisha Brooks. Say hello everyone. Hey and welcome everybody. Our goal is to share with you real life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing easy to implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth, more cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. And we'll do that right after this commercial break. Are you part of the club? The Real Equity Club is a group of like-minded individuals. The club's purpose is to help create more wealth for its members. The mission of the club, to help you increase your passive income and net worth. The club is completely free to you. When you join, you will receive the tools, providers, and ideas you need to create, grow, and maintain your wealth. So join the club now at realequityclub.com to gain access. Or send us an email to info at realequityclub.com. That's info at realequityclub.com equityclub.com. We want to see you succeed in business and in life. So go to the website at realequityclub.com and join now. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Real Life Real Equity. We like to thank you for joining us again this week. And so we're going to continue on our series on how to flip a house one-on-one. We are at part three of this series. So this is going to be the final piece to the puzzle. Yeah. So last episode, we went into how to get the property. This time, we're going to go ahead and dig into how to build your experience, because that is something that is very key in order to do any of the other steps. Three basic questions I always get asked whenever you know somebody's trying to get started in real estate investing is, how do I get the money? How do I get and find the right property? And then how do I invest with little or no experience, right? Right. And so I am taking the opportunity to really answer these questions. I want to go and educate people on the truth. And it's not super difficult, but the answers take time. Right, right. Um, It takes time, energy, and effort. So anyway, let's start off right now with a couple of our wins for the week, a couple of our losses. As always, um, we want to keep it real when others don't. So Keisha, let's start with uh, some of the things that we did not win on. One thing that comes to mind, we have a couple of projects out there yeah. um, that we're doing. And yeah. they started at the beginning of the summer. And we projected a return on investment on a few of these projects. One in particular, we put out a significant amount of money on. Yeah. And so we're still waiting yeah, <laughs> really it, it could come crashing down in our face and uh that's not a good thing no so we're just kind of figuring out how to leverage what we can with what we have currently right. from the results of that project right and so one of the things that i heard uh damon john the founder of fubu say is money only pulls you up to your problems in a limousine and so whenever we talk we said okay so what can we do with the resources we have to get started where we're at mm-hmm that's a great question to ask yourself. What can you do with the resources you have to get started where you're at? And we ask ourselves that question all the time. And then the other question we ask ourselves is, what is the one thing that we can do that by doing makes everything else easier and necessary? Right. You'll uh, hear that question if you've ever read the book, The One Thing. My business partners and I are actually saying that as a book project. I read the book a couple of years ago, and it really changed the way I look at creating a precedent in my life, organizing and prioritizing my life. Right. So you want to make sure that when you are, you know, asking yourself these questions, you are 
asking yourself these questions in order to get an answer so that you don't have to necessarily use money to get you where you need to go. Right. Money is a tool to amplify what it is you already have. Mm -hmm. And if you're not able to amplify something, then you will you will just burn the money away. Yeah, very true. So it has nothing to do with spending more money. It's not the the spending of money that we needed. You know, we don't need to outlay more cash. It was more we needed to figure out how to develop more business. Exactly. Yeah. Once we figured that out, then everything else became a lot easier because developing the business will bring in the revenue, which will then in turn solve the problem of the cash outlay that we had to put out in the beginning. Now, when you get started, a lot of times people say, like, the first question is, how do I get started with little or no money? Mm -hmm. And this ties right into that. Well, there's plenty of ways to get started with little or no money. It just may not bring the results as quick as you want. Right. And that's okay. Because anything worth doing is worth doing correctly. Mm -hmm. One. Two, it takes time to do anything right. Exactly. Uh, Jim Rohn always talks about the four seasons of planting. And and one of the the things he says is you have to not only get the ground ready, you have to sow the seed. You have to pluck the weeds. You have to then harvest. And then you have to take it off and, you know, get rid of the product. Right. Right. And then every season is different as as your crop grows. So, you know, it's uh, it, it, it comes down to are you able to actually endure through the seasons? Well, and then how resourceful are you? Right. Are you willing to mm-hmm. do what it takes to be resourceful? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to have the patience and the time it takes to plant? You know, we have a farmer's mentality in our world. And I heard that a few years ago and I didn't really understand what it meant, you know, because there's a farmer's mentality and then there's the hunter's mentality. The farmer's mentality is a person who goes out and is willing to plant the seeds in people and not reap a harvest until the season to reap the harvest. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hunter goes out, kills eats, leaves a carcass behind, and then goes out and kills again, (laughs) right? The farmer plants the seeds, and inevitably, their seeds and their plants do what plants do and reproduce on their own, right? And that's where you get the massive success, because what you'll see is if you plant seeds in people, people do exactly what they are supposed to do. They go out and reproduce and they become uh, your ambassadors. We just read a little article in in the book Tools of Titans about 1000 true fans. Right. And uh, that 1000 true fans article basically to sum it up was talking about how if you create for yourself a thousand true fans and it could be anywhere from a thousand or less. But the, the purpose is you don't need a million followers. You don't need 100,000 likes. Right. You don't need 100,000 shares. You need somewhere between zero and 1,000 people to truly love what it is you do. Right. And not only love what you do, would become an advocate for you, Mm -hmm. a walking ambassador, sharing gladly everything that you put out. Right. And once you have 1,000 of those, you can write your own ticket. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and talk about the last of the three questions, building your experience to flip your first house. So a lot of people ask me, okay, so what if I don't have enough experience? And And I always tell them, you know, it's not necessarily about how much experience you have. It's about how much you're willing to go out and learn. And so there are at least seven things that I look at when it comes to building your experience. 
And I use the word build for a reason. We use what we already have to build the experience because you'd be amazed at how much you actually know when it comes to your experience. Right. So looking at it from a uh, just a little a, a real basic perspective, you can't go out and find and fund your flips without the core foundation of your experience and your knowledge. With your knowledge, you already have a base, a foundation. So you're pretty much building on top of that, kind of like right. a staircase. Kind of like a staircase. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, like, think about it. You know, I hear a lot. I don't I don't know how to get started. I don't know how to get the money. I don't have the experience. I don't know where to look for the property, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times what they're saying is they don't want to lose money. Now, how does this tie into building your experience? Well, think about it. If you knew everything you needed to know about flipping houses, the likelihood you would lose money would be dramatically reduced, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that you would never lose money. The point is that it would be reduced. Okay. So, so everybody always asks the same question, you know, how do I flip with little or no money? Or how do I flip with little or no experience? Or how do I flip a house with uh, using other people's money? All these things are said for the exact same reason. And that's to avoid losing money. Now, if you knew you couldn't fail because of the knowledge you attained, because of the experience you had, what does it matter whose money you use for flipping a house? I know a lot of savvy investors that would say you can go faster with leveraged money, borrowed money. The point is not about what you would rather do, what the strategy is. The point is to become savvy first, to be able to answer the basic questions of your experience. And then start making decisions about funding and finding your flips. And that's what I want to talk about today. You know, I want to talk about actually looking at experience as a base level foundation for what you do to get started. So there are at least seven things that I look at when it comes to building your experience. And these things are the things that make you the money long before you ever have to actually purchase your first deal. And I bundled them all together because a lot of them are all separate categories, but they flow together really nicely. But they're a culmination of different things. That sounds good. So what are those seven key elements? All right. So first, it's probably going to be the terms and definitions. And I say it's probably it, it is definitely terms and definitions. You got under the lingo for flipping houses. Mm-hmm. You want to look at the rehab budgets. It's a big deal to actually look at your rehab budget. That's a huge um, deal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> huge deal. And then there's a, a kind of an art and science to walking through properties. There's your financial statements. There's your actual experience, being able to put that together well, mm-hmm. uh, being able to project profits. And then there's making sure that you have the right uh, words to say, scripts to say for the interactions that you're going to have with your future uh, investors, with your future vendors, mm-hmm. with all your partners, yeah. all of that. And so first and foremost, the lingo that you use is going to be vitally important. And being able to ask the right questions, we always say that ask the right questions to get the right answers. Some of the questions are like, what are the drivers of the area? What are the median home prices of the area? What are some of the hot areas in the city? This is all the things that are going to build your experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where are people buying houses? How much are they spending? Questions like this are the questions that will allow you to make more informed decisions. And you'll sound like a professional. Right. You'll be able to speak the lingo, which builds your credibility, which builds your vocabulary. And what's interesting is the more you speak it, the easier it becomes. Right. Come second nature. And you'll start to pick up new words. People will start to talk to you and you'll be like, oh, that's interesting. That was a word I didn't use before. Okay, let me go mm-hmm. back, look this up, figure out what it means, and I'll use it in my next interaction. Yeah, I notice we do that a lot. Yeah, we do. <laughs> because we are learning 
different aspects of our language. We're investors. It's a lingo that's talked. And in order for you to uh, be able to speak on a professional level, you should be able to adapt and learn new elements of your language. Right. Now, remember, the thing that we are not saying is try to go out and be perfect all the time. Okay, you don't have to be perfect. No you just perfect. have to know enough to be able to talk intelligently. You see, a lot of people don't care that you don't know everything. All they want to know is that you have a level of understanding that is fundamental enough so that they know you're not wasting their time. Right. So, with that being said, it's time for our educational tip of the week. Me and Keisha go back and forth, but there's a couple of quotes that we found to be very interesting. Really, it's about experience. So we want to give you some encouragement, some quotes to live by, some things to think about that you can play back and forth in your car while you're listening. First one is uh, by Jim Rohn. It says, resolve says, I will. The man that says, I will climb this mountain. They told me it's too high, too far, too steep, too rocky, too difficult, but it's my mountain. I will climb it. You will soon see me waving from the top or dead on the side. That's good. That makes me think about my dad used to always say, never say I can't. That's right. Never say I can't. So do it. All right. So the next quote is destiny is not a matter of chance. Mm -hmm. It is a matter of choice. It is not a thing to be waited for. It is a thing to be achieved. And that is by William Jennings Bryan. Wow. That's good. By the way. If you're not already subscribed to our newsletter, you may do so by going to our website at realliferealequity.com. Submit your name and email and you will continue to get updates on our podcast and any other information that we have going on. And we always talk about a lot of different books. So a, a new feature that we have on the website is our featured book list where we have a listing of those books that we do mention during the podcast. Sweet. Okay. All right. So when we continue to talk about building your experience, we talk about building rehab budgets. Now, I'm not going to go through the math and the numbers of rehab budgets, but essentially your rehab budget is the ability to put together pro forma projections of one expenses to uh, what profits you can make. It's a culmination of everything. It's a pro forma, essentially. Now, the rehab portion of that is how much you're going to spend on the actual rehab. So right. understanding that that's part of building your experience, being able to put together rehab budgets is going to be vitally important to your success. Right. That was one of the things that we made a mistake on in the beginning is not being able to put together a good rehab budget. And we ended up going drastically over budget. If you heard the story, I don't know if you have. Um, we've told quite a few people, and I'm not sure if we've ever put it on the podcast. Yeah, I don't know if we've mentioned it. Uh, our first deal we lost money on. <laughs> Actually, it was our second deal we lost money on. The first deal we moved into. Yes. So yes. we bought mm -hmm. a duplex. We moved in one side, rented out the other. Beautiful house. Love the house. Wish we never had to sold it. I think that's what every real estate investor says after they sell it. I wish I never had to sold the house. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the second house um, we bought... We ended up losing something like 10 to 15 grand on. Now, that doesn't sound like much now because I think in the previous podcast, we talked about how we had made a five figure mistake, something like $10,000 mistake right. with our accounting. And, you know, it just, we had to redo some stuff. Right. No big deal. But back then, 10 to 15 grand was enough to sink us. Mm -hmm. And it was a huge learning lesson. Now, thankfully, we were coached and trained. So we were able to implement some creative strategies to keep the, the deal cash flowing. So we ended up renting it out. 
we lost money on the flip side because I was going to flip it originally. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up losing enough money where we had to refinance it out and carry it. And we got lucky. You know, being able to build that rehab budget, we could have saved ourselves a lot of time, energy, and effort. Not only did we lose the money, it took us something like three years to pay pay the money back. Not only that, it took us something like six months to finish that property when it should have took like three weeks. Yeah, very true. The goal is to be able to put together a good rehab budget. The next thing is, again, the ability to walk through properties. Now, walking through properties is, to me, an art and a science. It takes a skill. Being able to walk through a house, seeing a, a house at its lowest state and seeing what it could be, it takes mm-hmm. a little bit of vision. It takes a little bit of confidence. Yeah. Leading with the end in mind. Yeah. Even the house we're in today, it was a foreclosure. Yes. It was <laughs> It was a foreclosure and the way that the house looked before, it was not pretty. At all. It yeah. looked like it had mustard walls and... <laughs> ketchup carpet yeah like that was, was the colors yeah. of the house <laughs> and the ceiling was falling in mm-hmm. and it was it was a it was a job and when i walked through i said i see what this can be so when i walked through at first i was like seriously it smells and yeah, it it's like falling apart they had really big dogs in this house yeah. and it's a larger house but the size of the dog should not have been in the house <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, the ceiling was falling apart, but as we went through the process and demoed, you know, you could see more and more of the layers coming off and then our vision coming to life. Right. So, you know, again, so being able to see while you're walking through a property, it's an art and science. And then the, the other parts of that is being able to walk through a property or properties without fatiguing your contractor and realtor. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Now, as investors, we are professionals and all we do is look at houses. Whether right. you have a real estate license or not, you can flip houses. And a lot of times I don't have a real estate license. I used to. I don't have one anymore. I have no desire to be a realtor. I have no desire to get my real estate license. Uh, when I go through a house, I can go and look through a house via the photos of a house and get an idea of what I want in a house off the photos. If there is not any photos, I'll drive that property. I'll drive by the property and see what it looks like on the outside, you know, and if it's not uh, occupied, I might go and walk around the property on the outside and kind of peek in the windows and see what needs to be done on the inside of the house. Right. The, the whole goal is to reduce realtor fatigue because you want to have an idea of what you want before you ever go talk to your realtor. That The realtor will then be able to guide you in what you need to do to be the most competitive offer depending on if you have a good realtor. Right. So the next thing is building your financial statements. After you walk through a property, you have to be able to actually buy the property. Now, I don't go in order per se as far as what's important. I learned how to build a financial statement first. I think that is one of the most important things you can learn. Robert Kiyosaki talks about it all the time and we promote his book endlessly rich dad poor dad because he talks about financial statements right and that was one of the first things me and keisha learned is how to put together our own personal financial statement and then i went on and tried to learn how to read corporate financial statements because that was one of the things that every book i've read um, by robert kiyosaki and all of his advisors talked about how he and they can read corporate financial statements so i learned how to read financial statements i didn't know i knew how to read them until I was in front of a guy and he was asking me about something with a stock. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Let's look at their financial statement. And I clicked on their financial statement because if you know, every stock that's out there has to disclose some level of their finances. Most of the time they have to disclose all of their finances to the SEC because it's a public record. Right. 
And so I looked at their financial statement. And I started reading it. I said, oh, look, they have this amount of debt and they have this amount of debt. And this is what they earned last year. And, oh, this is their net. And, you know, this is read in millions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars. After I was done, I kind of stood back and I said, man, that's the first time I've ever done that knowingly reading a financial statement, a corporate financial statement. I'd never had done that before. So right. it was it was interesting because you don't realize you are learning until sometimes you're tested in that knowledge and you're kind of doing it off the cuff. Right. Right. So then the next element is going to be putting together your experience. So kind of like when you are looking for a job yep. and you're putting together your resume. Yep. Well, then this is going to be your real estate resume. Right. So everything you've done, property you've acquired and your situation, if you haven't done that yet, you're building to that. Right. And there's things that you can use out of your personal experience that mm-hmm. you can put on your real estate resume. Yes. If you don't have any experience whatsoever. You can borrow somebody's experience by joint venture partnering with them. Mm -hmm. If you ever looked at my financial statement of the past, if I ever had a coach who my coaches, every time I've had a a real estate coach, they've said, "Okay, well, make sure that when you go talk to the bank, you let them know you're working with me and use my experience to help you do the deal. Right. And so I put down that I'm I have a consultation agreement with X person. And that person's experience I'm able to borrow from. Right. You said something key there that just made me think about, in general, how you can use someone else's experience. Right. And so I just think about, you know, if you really think about your experiences in your past. So for me, I was a leasing consultant at one point. Right. And that experience led me into assisting when it came to our rental properties. Right. So I knew how to look at background checks and I knew how to look at invoices for the property. And that helped me with my experience. So just little key elements is part of building that experience. Right. So you were able to use your experience as a leasing agent on your real estate resume. Right. To go out. It's something so small. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you put together the deck on the back of your house. Right. You you have done a small construction project. That's something so small that people yeah. don't think of that it can help prove credibility. Right. Now, you need to know what you're doing somewhat. And yes. if you don't know what you're doing <laughs> at all, go find somebody who knows what they're who doing knows, and yeah. add value in some way. We always say if you want to learn, it's all about being resourceful. And the number one way to learn some stuff is to go to the public library where it's free. Go to YouTube University where it's mm-hmm. free. Yeah, You don't have to buy the latest course. You don't have to go to the latest seminar. You don't have to go to, you know, use the the special technique to flip houses in, in 60 seconds with one foot tied behind your back. I mean, it's it, you. We, we always think it's like the latest, newest, greatest thing, but it's at the base level something so, so simple when it comes to flipping houses. It's simple. It's simple things practiced over and over and over again. And that's how you put together your your experience. It's just small things. And, you know, we can go through a hundred different items that you can put on your real estate resume. You would think don't matter. Right. And it does. So let's move right along. You know, the last two is projecting your profits and then building your scripts. Now, projecting your profits is different from the rehab budget. The projecting of your profits is the profit portion of your pro forma. Now, we talked about the rehab budget. That's part of the pro forma. The profits are another part of the pro forma. But being able to project the profits is just a little different from the rehab budget. So what's a good example of that? So a good example of projecting your profits would be where once you have the acquisition cost and then you have the rehab budget, 
you put those numbers together and that's your expense. Right. Your profit will be derived from whatever you think the house will sell for minus the expenses you will occur from your rehab budget. Right. And so that selling price is going to be based upon what that area is doing. That's right. The comparables in the area. Now, Mm -hmm. that's another part of building your experience. Just understanding the different, like the lingo. That's part of the lingo, the comparables, the comps, you know. Projecting your profits is just that. It's just being able to do very simple addition and subtraction. And if your numbers come out negative, you probably want to go look at another deal. Uh, the next thing is building your scripts. Now, I say like building your scripts and uh, for interacting with your, your different vendors and, and providers. You don't have to necessarily put together true scripts. <laughs> scripts is what I use for when I put together questions for interviews mm-hmm. or uh, it, it's the preparation of documents to use in your interactions with your vendors and suppliers. Right. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the psychology behind the conversation. If you can understand the psychology behind the conversation, you can do a lot. I, I know we did a podcast about how to talk to a banker. Yes. And, uh, the, you know, I talked a lot about the psychology behind talking to a banker and If you go back, you listen to that podcast, it's the same when it comes to your other vendor interactions. Being able to understand the psychology, when you talk to one, one, uh, I was about to say realtor, because a realtor is a huge part of your team. Mm -hmm. When you talk to one realtor, they'll say certain things that another realtor will say at the same time. So understanding that it falls back into the lingo, this all comes full circle, which is why I put these seven elements together. A lot of this stuff flows hand in hand, although they're very separate different subjects a lot of them flow together because a lot of them interact they dovetail together really smoothly right they're part of building the experience that's right (laughs) all right so that sounds good so we're gonna go ahead and summarize each part of how to flip a house 101 so we had three parts to this series the first part was how to get the money The second part was how to get the property. And then today we discuss how to build your experience. Right, right. House flipping is, again, three questions that I get asked. And it's not just house flipping. It's investing, period. Mm -hmm. When it comes to real estate investing, there's always the three questions. How do I get the money? How do I find the property? How do I build my experience? And each one has its own thing. So you go through and you're getting the funding for the property. There's always the acquisition cost. And then there's the cost to start up. Right. You know, again, the acquisition cost is how to buy the house. The startup cost is things like legal documents, entity formations, uh, your insurances, your down payments, etc. Right. How to find the property is, you know, there's two parts to finding the property. There was the market in which you're going to flip in, like the Kentucky versus New York example we gave in the podcast. Yes. And then there was the actual property itself. Do you want to flip million dollar homes in a $150,000 neighborhood? Are you going to do ground up, spec homes, etc.? Right. And then lastly was building your experience. Today we talked a lot about building your experience. We had those seven key elements. One of the things that stuck out a lot was the financial statement. Right. And then being able to build your real estate resume. If yes. you can do those two things, you can pretty well kind of guess walk your, your way, way through. Yeah. through the rest of it. You can pretty well guess your way through the rest of it, right? Yeah. And so financial statements and real estate resumes get really good at putting those two things together. And a lot of the other things will fall into place. Um, I'll give you a little little hint. Being able to present yourself well to those individuals who you're going to be looking at to to provide services to you, like your realtors and your mortgage lenders, 
being able to present yourself well to them will do loads of justice for you and it will add a level of credibility to you that you will be grateful for after you're done. So we want to thank you for listening. We want to keep it real when others don't. That's the name of the game. We want to actually show real life examples, real problems, real solutions, real life, real equity. We look forward to you joining us again next week. Thanks and see you next time. Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity Podcast. If you'd like more information on joining the Real Equity Club, visit the website at realequityclub.com. There, you will get access to the tools, providers, and ideas you need to create, grow, and maintain your wealth. Again, that's realequityclub.com. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com. Or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real Equity Podcast.